welcome to the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. My name is Natalie Nidham. I'm a nutritionist, a human potential, and epigenetic coach, and I created this podcast to bring you the latest ways to take control of your health and longevity. We cover it all, from new technology to ancestral health practices, personalized interventions, and a very special interest of mine, peptides. Enjoy the show. Hey folks, welcome back to the show. We have a great episode for you today. We're going to talk about neurotransmitters, the brain. But before we do that, I want to thank you so much for being here in the first place and to ask you for a favor. If you feel inspired by this episode, in addition to sharing it out with your friends and your networks, I would love to invite you to leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to it on, because this is how we get to reach more people, get more amazing guests for you and the whole nine yards. In other words, this is how we serve you better. Anything else you want to know about me or the programs or my membership community, go to natnidham.com and you can also sign up for the newsletter there. Okay. First things first, ever find yourself looking for a protein packed snack that's easy to grab and on the go? Okay, listen up. I've come across Paleo Valley beef sticks and they've become one of my go-to snacks. These sticks are made from 100% grass-fed and grass-finished beef, so they are the real deal. Unlike many others on the market that claim to be grass-fed, Paleo Valley sticks are not secretly finished on grains, well, at least The cows that they're made from are not secretly finished on grains. They take huge pride in sourcing their beef from small domestic farms in the U.S. They also use real organic spices, so there's no more worrying about conventional spices sprayed with pesticides or natural flavors derived from questionable GMO corn. So whether you're following a keto lifestyle or simply seeking a protein-rich snack, these beef sticks have you covered. To try them for yourself, head to paleovalue.com forward slash Natalie, and that's Natalie with an H, N-A-T-H-A-L-I-E, to save 15% on your order. And one last little thing about these beef sticks is they also have pork sticks, turkey sticks, and tons of other amazing products. So that discount code will work with on anything on that website. All right. Have you ever wondered why GABA, a neurotransmitter that is vital for regulating feelings, emotions, thoughts, and experiences, is often overlooked in the world of neuroscience? I mean, it's always about dopamine, serotonin, but what about GABA? In this episode of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast, I pondered this question with Dr. Scott Scher, a repeat guest and a good friend, who unravels the mystery surrounding GABA's key role in our mental well-being. We venture into the complex labyrinth of the GABA system, elucidating its significance in controlling the firing of neurons, its connection to a leaky blood-brain barrier, and the implications for those of us entrenched in the hustle and bustle of life. I'm sure none of you fall into that category, right? (laughs) Dr. Cher and I also put under the microscope the intriguing world of supplements and drugs. We peel back the layers on how they interact with the GABA system and the potential mental health risks they harbor. From the influence of alcohol, Xanax, barbiturates, and sleep drugs on the GABA system to natural alternatives, we left no stone unturned. This was a great conversation. Moreover, if you're on SSRIs, you might find our explorations on supporting the GABA system and rebalancing emotions, thoughts, and feelings very enlightening. Dr. Scott Scher, in addition to being a good friend, is a board-certified internal medicine physician certified to practice health optimization medicine and a specialist in hyperbaric oxygen therapy. He's the founder of Home SF, the first home clinic in the United States, and is also the chief operating officer of health optimization medicine and practice, Home Hope USA. Dr. Scott is also, 
you might remember this, the COO of Smarter Not Hard- Harder, the company behind Troscriptions, a line of Google trophies that I talk about all the time. Now, to get your hands on some of this amazing GABA medicine, visit Troscriptions.com and use code NAT10 to save. Now, this episode comes out on October 24th. The launch of this new product is on October 26th. So in two days, they'll be launching the product. And if you're listening to the episode after the launch, you're ready to go. All right. Before we jump into the episode, one more thing to talk about. How tired are you of spending hours on cardio with minimal results? Well, listen up because I've got a game-changing fitness breakthrough for you. It is my new favorite hack. It's called the Carol Bike, the science-backed, time-saving solution trusted by experts for, for optimizing health and longevity. With Carol's revolutionary reduced exertion HIIT workouts, you can achieve double the health and fitness benefits compared to regular cardio in 90% less time. Studies show that by doing Carol's quick five-minute workout just three times a week, you can improve your fitness by 12%, reduce the risk of type 2 diabetes by 62%, and even wind back your internal clock by up to 10 years. The science is crystal clear. Carol Bike is your ticket to a healthier, more vibrant life in less time. And as the bike says at the end of your workout, now you can go to the gym because you want to and not because you have to. Kind of get the hard work done on the bike and then you get to do whatever else you feel like doing. And here's an exclusive offer for you. You can get $100 off with code NAT. One other thing I want to tell you about the Carol Bike is that they offer a 100-day full money-back guarantee. So if you get that Carol Bike and it just sits collecting dust or clothes in your room for 100 days, you get to send it back. Now, I will tell you, you're not going to want to do that. You want to give this bike a shot because I'm telling you that after just eight weeks, you will feel and see the difference. So don't wait any longer. Visit carolbike.com and unlock your path to longevity today. Now, let's jump into the episode. Hey folks, just a quick reminder that all of the information presented in this podcast is for information purposes only. No medical advice, no diagnosing, no treatments suggested here. Before you try anything that you hear about or learn about here, make sure that you check with your medical provider. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today's guest is a repeat performer. We love him so much. We had to bring him back. (laughs) Dr. Scott Scher, welcome back to the show. Matt, it's always a pleasure. In a new place, you got there, I know. So (laughs) Yes, my new place that is, you know got the fumes and the shaking and the and the breaking, but it's all coming together nicely. So yeah. And you're, no, you're not in a new place. You're still in your new place, which is not your new place anymore, right? You- it's uh, it's now new old. I live just outside of Boulder, Colorado with my four kids that tend to interrupt podcasts on a regular basis, but they're all in school today. I should be good except for a, a barking dog on occasion, probably. So that's okay. I get that too. I actually interviewed someone the other day who said, um, Actually, he did. He may or may not have been attacked by a lightsaber in a previous podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's certainly possible in my house, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. During the during the pandemic, uh, he said, yeah, that my only real casualty was the lightsaber attack during a podcast. So. That's amazing. I don't have a good story like that. But I'm like, That's awesome. That's amazing. I have my kids coming in saying, Daddy, I love you. How was your day? And I'm like, I'm in the middle of a podcast, but hi. <laughs> This is great. Okay. Well, actually, this is an interesting time because, you know, kids are, you know, they're so spontaneous and they're 
there's no brakes on kids. And today we're going to talk about the brake system in the brain. That was that was a good segue, Nat. Love but it. That was I that was it. your expression earlier. So I we're talking. It, yes. This is the All About GABA podcast. And, you know, when it comes to neurotransmitters, as we were talking about earlier, everybody's all about the serotonin and the dopamine and the, you know, all the things. And Mm -hmm. GABA is like the forgotten child quite often. And it's unfortunate because we need GABA really badly um, to, to relax, to take the edge off, to get to sleep, to have quality sleep. And um, I love that you guys and over at transcriptions have turned your big giant brains and attention over to this area. Cause you know, I love your, a couple of your other products, but now we're going to talk about a whole new stream, if you will, but we're going to talk all about GABA. Yeah, yes. A whole new world. Yeah, so Tell us GABA, about GABA. What yeah, do we need I, to know? Well, um, I think that you made a really great segue there. So well done on this is actually a, a, a title of a talk that I gave recently, uh, forgetting to turn off the brakes. Mm-hmm. And we forget all the time that we have to slow the fuck down, right? We, we're very, very busy in life. We have all things to do. Our calendars are full, et cetera. Um, and those superstar neurotransmitters get all the press, but 20% of our neurotransmission, which is a huge amount, is GABA. And GABA is a very important neurotransmitter for all parts of our brain. And what it does is prevents the firing of neurons. So it decreases the firing of our brain. Mm. And so it ends up being uh, these neurons that GABA is being uh, that GABA is in it are, are all over the brain, but they're also in a place that are called interneurons. Interneurons are these way stations between neurons that help regulate the processing of information, both downwards and upwards. So the upstream information that's coming from our sensory system and the downward processing that's coming from our brain down to the rest of our body. And so this is extremely important in how we regulate our emotions, how we regulate our feelings, how we regulate our interactions with uh, with other people, um, and then how we process our thoughts, how we process uh, our uh, our experiences both in in the in the in the now and also in the past and the future, et cetera. So um, without GABA, we are very excitatory because mm. GABA is actually made only in the brain for the most part. There's a small amount that are that's actually made in the pancreas, interestingly enough, but mostly it's just in the brain. And it's made from an excitatory neurotransmitter called glutamate. Mm-hmm. This we know. Yes. And so, glu- yeah. Yeah. so <laughs> glutamate is our most, uh, most prominent excitatory neurotransmitter in the brain. So glutamate is what causes the excitatory, the, uh, the feelings of, um, it, it basically when you're having like an excitement kind of feeling uh, and you're feeling like jittery or you're feeling excited, you know, glutamate's probably going to be involved. Right. And so when, uh, glutamate is in the brain, it can get it gets converted into GABA. And as we, and that's, it's very interesting balance between your excitatory glutamate and your inhibitory GABA. And so GABA itself is only made in the brain from glutamate. And so we have different types of foods, of course, that have glutamine and glutamate, but you have no real way to get GABA directly into the brain. Unless, and we talked about this. So this is an interesting point, right? Because it turns out that somebody listening might be saying, liar, I take these GABA supplements and they hit me beautifully. Like they knock me out. And you were mentioning that GABA should actually not be able to get into the brain. And if you do 
get, if you are that person, you may have something called leaky brain. Yes. Yes. You're going to be okay. You're going to be fine, but let's talk about that a little bit. But it's actually diagnostic. And I've talked to a number of colleagues about this in the past as well, recent past, because you will hear stories from patients and friends that they take GABA supplements and they feel really relaxed and it helps them sleep. It helps them with their anxiety, helps them with their depression, with a lot of different kinds of things. And GABA itself is a very large molecule. So Mm -hmm. because of how large it is, it really shouldn't get through through the blood-brain barrier. As most people know, the blood-brain barrier is what protects our brain from various types of infection, from inflammation, from things that really shouldn't get in there and cause brain issues. And mm-hmm. you know, GABA supplements, uh, because of the size of them, are not supposed to get through the blood-brain barrier. And there's, there's very little data out there that shows that they could potentially get through. Maybe at very, very, very high doses, but at regular doses that you'll find in most supplements, if GABA is working for you, it could mean not... 100%, but very, very, but it very much could mean that your blood-brain barrier is not as robust as it should be. And if that's the case, then of course, it's, it's a matter of understanding why that may be the case. Now, having a leaky blood-brain barrier can happen from any number of things. Uh, one of the most common things that I've seen over the last couple of years has been infection. So mm. people with severe COVID infections, for example, immune system dysregulation, and then their their brain, their brain barrier, this blood-brain barrier gets more leaky and they start getting the resurgence of infections that didn't have any problems. There weren't any issues prior to the COVID infection, but maybe they had when they were kids. So it could be like, like Epstein-Barr or like a CMV or herpes viruses or mold infections or even Lyme that were kind of cordoned off by the immune system. All of a sudden, after these infections, the blood-brain barrier gets leaky, and now you're getting symptomatic in this capacity. And in my other life as a as a specialist in hyperbaric oxygen therapy, I see this all all the time in traumatic brain injury too. Mm. If you have a TBI, your brain gets leaky, and then as a result of that, you may have symptoms specifically from the brain injury, but you also may get infections that start growing in the brain that weren't an issue before, or other types of inflammatory processes, and so. One diagnostic way of doing this is taking GABA to see if it works. And if it does, it, it could be a, a harbinger that your blood-brain barrier isn't working as well as it should, unfortunately. And so is there a way to fix it? Because I know for the gut, for example, we have, we you know, there's, there's a number of tools and supplements uh, from aloe vera to colostrum to even moving into the peptide world. Like there are ways to, we know that seem to be very effective at helping to Re reseal a leaky gut. How do we heal a leaky brain? <laughs> it's yeah, actually, it's the same path for the most part because oftentimes, if you have a leaky brain, you have a leaky gut. They often go together. So right. the way you, the way I would do this and and think about this is in a very holistic, foundational way, optimizing gut function, optimizing vitamins, minerals, and nutrients, and energy energy production potential, antioxidant reserve, um, looking at signs of inflammation. And then, yeah, then then once you're sort of adding that foundation, thinking about various types of interventions like peptides, like hyperbaric oxygen therapy, other things that can help you know, improve the blood-brain barrier and that the permeability issues that were happening. But if oftentimes it starts in the gut, actually not. So yeah. you're completely right. That's where I would often start in these cases is starting at the gut, seeing what's happening there, and then kind of taking my evaluation from the gut to the the larger area, looking at hormone optimization, because 
Uh, oftentimes, if hormones are dysregulated, that's also going to affect the blood-brain barrier and the the leakiness of the brain as well. So, yeah, GABA becomes one of these really interesting molecules to actually check this, which I find, you know, there's very few things that you can like find like that are like you know diagnostic in some level. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. this may be one of those things that you like. Well, do I, you know, if especially if you're having brain fog, if you're having fatigue, if you're having concentration issues, um, it could very much be because you have dysregulated blood brain, blood so hard to say blood brain barrier uh bbb for short triple b yeah just called the triple b um yeah 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 something like that um but uh one way you can one what i think about here is like looking at that foundation and then how you can recreate it by uh by looking at all these various markers along the way but what we do with with GABA here is, you know, GABA is really important for helping the brain calm down. And a lot mm-hmm. of these patients, a lot of these people need GABA as well because their brains are firing at all cylinders, even if they're depressed. Like you, know, mm-hmm. you and I were talking about just before the we started recording that uh, on average, the uh, an individual has about 70,000 thoughts per day. Those are not Exhausting. you. No wonder I'm so tired at the end of the day. <laughs> you are not your thoughts. Remember, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> those crazy ass thoughts that everybody has that you have, they're not yours. No. I tell my kids all this the, the time, all the time too. But if you are depressed, you have 120,000 thoughts mm-hmm. on average per day because mm-hmm. you perseverate, you, you compulsively think about thoughts over and over and over again. And interestingly enough, uh, there's a new drug that was just approved by the FDA here in the United States that is what's called a poly- positive allosteric modulator of the GABA receptor. And I'll explain that in a minute, Yeah, but it's <laughs> for, postpartum, for, for postpartum depression. And so it's the first drug that's actually affecting the GABA system specifically for depression. The good news is though, you don't, there's so many natural ways to boost GABA um, and supplements to help you, but to break it down, you know, the, the GABA receptor itself is really interesting. It's got these five different subunits in it, okay? And GABA is modulated various different ways. And there's what's called an orthosteric ligand, which is basically something that actually affects the GABA receptor site itself. And then you have these, what are called allosteric sites. These are sites that are next to the GABA receptor site, but actually modulate the GABA receptor when GABA is around, okay? So you have it's called orthosteric ligands and allosteric modulators. And so there's lots of things that affect the GABA receptor already. We, we know this from, uh, from any number of, of opportunities to drink alcohol. You know, that's probably the most common, right? And so when people drink alcohol, alcohol is a positive allosteric modulator of the GABA receptor, a very strong one, okay? And so what that does is it binds to the receptor, GABA is around, and what happens when GABA binds to this receptor is it opens and then it what, what's called hyperpolarizes the postsynaptic membrane. What all that means is basically it prevents that neuron from firing. So you have two mm-hmm. neurons. Imagine you have your presynaptic neuron yeah. and you have your postsynaptic. Okay. The postsynaptic neuron has this receptor, the GABA receptor. And what happens is when GABA binds to it, um, it opens up this channel. It's called an ion channel. And the, and then all this chlorine or chloride, excuse me, chloride goes through it, not chlorine, chloride. Oh, chloride, um, different. No, no, different pools and whatever. I'm getting confused. Of, uh, But um, it's CL. So that's the, uh, that's the chemical name. <clears throat> so chlor- chloride goes through and then it hyperpolarizes the membrane so that the, the postsynaptic neuron can't fire. 
Okay. And so GABA is attaching and doing that, or you have these allosteric modulators like alcohol, for example, or barbiturates or benzodiazepines, which are like your Xanax and Ativans and things like that of the world. And when those things bind, GABA is also there. And then this, you have the hyperpolarization. So you have the prevention of firing of that particular neuron. So you have, again, you have GABA mm-hmm. that binds to its receptor mm-hmm. and you have things that can also mo- like be like GABA that bind to that receptor as well. Um, and then you have these other sites on the GABA receptor itself that can also bind and cause that channel to open when GABA is around. Right. And so that's why you get kind of dopey. Like you get right. super relaxed, right? So like, yeah, you get disinhibition. The yeah, right. the disinhibition. That's the net effect of GABA is because of glutamate, excitatory, wired, crazy. Right. GABA, super chill um, in a best case scenario kind of thing. And right. we need to be able to convert. Basically, we need to be able to go back and forth between the two. And when you get your alcohol, your barbiturates, you know, Xanax, all those things, you're no longer able to go back to glutamate. You're kind of stuck in a GABA state, sort of. Well, the way I think I would think about it is that so is that you just get uh, an imbalance, right? So, and you get more of an imbalance from from uh, glutamate to GABA. So to convert glutamate to GABA, you need vitamin B6 and magnesium, by the way. So if you're B6 deficient, if you're magnesium deficient, and you can test for these things, you're not going to be able to convert your glutamate to GABA. So a good test for people is to have glutamine containing foods, or Mm -hmm. even better yet, glutamate containing foods, and seeing how irritable you get. (laughs) And the most common one is MSG. So if you go to a Chinese restaurant, your food is sweeter than usual, you start getting headaches, that is glutamate. As a result, the glutamate is excitatory. You have too much of that built up. It's not being able to convert fast enough from glutamate to GABA. As a result of that, you get more glutamate and you get headaches. Okay. Mm-hmm. You can also take glutamine rich foods. So um, you have meat, cabbage, bone broths, um, cheeses that are high in glutamine. Um, glutamine also gets converted to glutamate yeah. and then that gets into the brain. So that takes a little bit longer. So mm-hmm. t- taking glutamine rich foods hypothetically shouldn't make you irritable. If it does, it also can mean you have some conversion issues either on any of that, any of those steps along the way. So, um, but anyway, so with the conversion to glutamate to GABA is a one-way street. So it doesn't mean uh, that you you go go from, you don't go back. You know, what what happens with GABA is that actually GABA gets um, decarboxylated and goes into the citric acid cycle. And then it goes and makes energy that way. It can help make energy that way. Um, But it, what happens when you have too much GABA is that this eventually, if you have way too much, it can cause central nervous system depression, right? And then it, depending on how some of these modulators work, they can bind so tightly that they can cause issues with tolerance and dependence and withdrawal. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens with things like your Xanaxis of the world and your Ativans yeah. and your barbiturates and alcohol. And, in, yeah. you know, it's funny with, with alcohol though, Nat, and I, I think that, and this kind of comes down to like a larger picture here, which is like, how many of us in this world are GABA deficient? And, and the answer is a lot of us, you know, we think about serotonin deficiency and you know, mm-hmm. dopamine addiction and, but GABA deficiency is a big deal because it's associated with depression. It's associated with anxiety. It's associated mm-hmm. with excuse me, obsessive compulsive disorder. It's actually associated and potentially contributing to things like schizophrenia and mental illness and alcoholism, which makes sense, right? Because if you're 
an alcoholic, you're constantly looking for that GABA fix because you're always deficient in it. And so why does alcoholism sometimes run in families? You wonder, is is this a GABA deficiency that you're just trying to compensate for in -hmm. some way? And Mm -hmm. so a lot of practitioners like you and I are focused and and I'll admit, you know, personally that I, I really wasn't focused on the GABA system until we started actually looking at this as a company and saying, why are so many people, you know, they're looking at their dopamine fasts and they're looking at their serotonin and, Mm -hmm. but they're still miserable, right? And they can't sleep. They're still anxious. We know that SSRIs, they do work on some level to help with mood regulation, maybe, but they're not really, but they don't work right away. And the cool thing about GABAergic compounds is they work right away. And that's why it can work so quickly in postpartum depression even is because and it, we know that they work very quickly instead of like an SSRI or something like that you're taking that takes four, six, eight weeks to just elevate your mood, but not really antidepress you. That's really mm-hmm. what SSRIs typically do. So the cool thing about the GABA system is I think that we're actually looking at it from the ground up here because I, I often now see as I've been, I mean, of course, you know, every, every car is blue if you have a blue car, but I will admit that, but every time, everywhere I look, I see GABA deficiency everywhere. Huh. Well, and nobody's talking about it either, right? So, right. Um, yeah, no, that's, you just said so many different things here. I'm, I've, I've now forgotten all of them that I want to comment on or ask questions about. So the magnesium is really interesting, right? Because we, it gets a lot of attention and the more, and some, you know, every once in a while you're like, oh, enough with the magnesium already. And yet, right. Here again, we see a place where if you're deficient in magnesium, it it could have a material effect. Also explains why magnesium can be so helpful with sleep. Exactly. So we always right? think that, mag- why is magnesium helpful for sleep, guys mm-hmm. and gals? It's because it's helping the conversion of glutamate to GABA. One of the many ways, but actually, that's probably the most prominent way that it works. And so magnesium helps us relax because of that. Magnesium yeah. also does some vasodilation itself. So there's mm-hmm. some dilation, vasodilation that happens with magnesium too. But because of the conversion there, we're going to be turning the brakes on so you can relax, so you can get some rest. And you know, we know that GABA is extremely important for sleep and for sleep maintenance and for sleep regulation. It helps with, I talked about earlier how it's an interneuron, right? So it works between your dopamine and your serotonin neurons and, and your catecholamine containing neurons, your norepinephrine and epinephrine. So it helps regulate all of those when you're sleeping so that you can have REM sleep, but at the same time, you don't wake up. You mm-hmm. sleep and you're mm-hmm. actually calm during your nightmares or you know, your, crazy, uh, your crazy things that you're having with lightsabers, but they're in, in your <laughs> dreams, but instead of on a podcast or something like that. Right. But So it's, it's really important for not only for you helping to fall asleep, but also to maintain your sleep as well throughout your various cycles when you're going to bed. But yeah, people forget the simple things, of course, right? Uh, and that we, we need magnesium. We, we hear that all the time, but why? And yeah. this is one of the major reasons. And, you know, when we're looking at, you know, when I do testing in people, I'm always looking at uh, intracellular magnesium levels and not, you know, not free floating uh, magnesium levels as, as you know, get as well, uh, Nat, but even then I still will supplement people with magnesium if they have a hard, having a hard time sleeping, because mm-hmm. you can also look at their amino acid levels. I can look at their glutamine levels, for example, I can see, I can look at their catecholamine levels. I can look at their, and see how everything's kind of working together to either make the system prime to relax or or not, 
unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and this is why, and even some people will supplement with L-glutamine for any number of reasons. And I've had a few people say to me, oh no, I can't go near that stuff. It drives, it drives me nutty. Yes. And this is why they're not able this is to why. it. Yeah. It just adds fuel to the fire. Actually, probably adds fire to the fire, <laughs> not even fuel. Um, yeah. So why do you think they'd only, seeing as this, seeing as supporting the GABA system is so beneficial for so many people, why just postpartum? Is it just because that's the study they did? Or do you think it's eventually going to expand to other people? Like it definitely will. Yeah. And it definitely will. Yeah. I mean, there were some initial, so the interesting thing about the GABA system is that I was talking about the receptor earlier. It's got these five subunits and the subunits differ depending on where they are in the brain. Mm -hmm. And the subunits are correlated with different things. Like some, some units are, are correlated with uh, anxiety relief and stress relief. Other ones are correlated with sleep induction and drowsiness. Others are correlated with um, with uh, neuropathic kinds of things and how 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 we relate to um, how nerve signal firing and inflammation, et cetera. So, as a result of that, it's been a little tricky to deal with the GABA system because you have to be very understanding of where that's going to affect the brain. So, mm -hmm. there were some initial studies that were done on this one particular compound that was taken off the market, um, like about twenty or thirty years ago for schizophrenia, uh -huh. and. What they found is that it made schizophrenia worse. Yeah. And, and the reason for that is where this particular drug was working in the brain and how it was disinhibiting the inhibitor, which basically means it was allowing more firing in a particular area where, with these schizophrenics that made them actually have worsening symptoms. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you have to be a little bit careful here, but the, I think what's going to happen with this particular drug and we already have a lot of supplements, by the way, which we can talk about that yeah. work on the GABA system naturally, and they do not have the same tolerance, withdrawal, and risk profile that alcohol and Xanax and barbiturates and, and also your sleep drugs, your, your Ambien's, your, your Lanestas, mm -hmm. they're all working on the GABA system. Uh, cannabis, 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 cannabinoids are also working on them too, which, you know, there's a lot of different things that are working on the cannabis, on the, on the GABA system. Um, but I think what's going to happen is that this is going to be the first what drug companies always want is they always want something that's going to be very easy to like figure out a very specific indication for. And then what happens is you get all these off-label uses of the drug, um, which just basically means it's not, you know, quote unquote indicated for it, but we're using this particular molecule, uh, this particular compound for regular depression or regular OCD or, and so you're going to see that. And, okay. and, and it's, we've been developing this over the last six months, our products that have these GABAergic, these both positive allosteric modulators, as well as orthosteric ligands, which is again, like GABA working in the brain. Mm -hmm. um, and we've been working on these for a while, um, knowing what we know, and then also knowing that, um, that these compounds were likely going to be coming out on the market for, you know, the, the problem always, always with, with, with drugs is that they're going to be stronger most of the yeah. time. And right. they're going to be so singular in their, uh, in their, how they work, that they're going to be higher risk for things like tolerance, withdrawal, and uh, dependence. And and we yeah. know this from, I'm sure you know people, I know I too, and I see people in the hospital still sometimes that are addicted to to alcohol, right? And oh, they're yeah. addicted to, to to Xanax and to, to benzos. Mm -hmm. And if you stop these well, the things cold turkey. horrible. The benzo, it's like I've seen people, it takes them forever and it's horrible to get off them. It is. And it's because these drugs so 
tightly bind to the GABA receptor that they can cause these things to happen. And what happens if you stop them abruptly is that you can, you can have severe symptoms. You can even die if you don't, if you're not very, very careful. So I, I do worry always that that's how drugs are developed to, to make them so that they're, they're powerful and that they can work, but they also have much higher risk tolerant risk profiles than, than things that come from the natural world that have millions of years of evolution uh, behind them to show how they can work on these various locations on the GABA receptors in this case, but not cause all of these kinds of terrible things to potentially happen. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think sometimes with the right, and you know, natural compounds can be brutal too, but I mean, with the right compound, that's not, that's not that overwhelming to the system, if you will, it should allow some ability of the system to modulate and to balance itself within it right? Like it'll, yes. it's almost like the difference between encouraging something to go a certain way rather than just slamming it in so that you still allow the system to push back a little bit and to balance itself. So given that a lot of people suffering from depression, anxiety, OCD, all these things are taking SSRIs, is it an either or situation or is it possible to support the GABA system while people are still using their SSRIs and to see if that if that additional kind of input helps to rebalance things a bit. Because, I mean, my exposure to SSRIs, you know, you speak to a couple of people every once in a while who say, yeah, they, they're great. And more often than not, I'm speaking to people who they're not hitting the mark. It's a little bit yeah. like, well, actually, I'm not going to say what I was going to say, but it's a little bit like certain other things that are pushed out every year that never really quite hit the mark, but yet they still right. get pushed out. <laughs> yeah. I think my sense is that, you know, with these new GABA compounds that are coming out, that you're going to see less and less SSRIs prescribed over the next couple of decades. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're right. They don't really work as built for most people, they can help some, yeah. um, uh, but the suicidality thing is real. And mm-hmm. this happened, I have a friend that had a sister who killed herself after being on an SSRI for two weeks in her twenties, uh, wow. because the suicidality piece is huge when you first start one of these SSRIs, especially if you're a younger person. Mm-hmm. So, but that, you know what they're going to be resold as Nat, as, uh, there's this company that's selling them, selling SSRIs to men so that they don't have premature ejaculation. <laughs> that's oh what they're, that, that's what they're going to be for. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I, I was, I was so shocked. You know, that I get targeted, shocking. you know, like everybody else, I'm not saying what I was looking at everybody, but I got targeted by this ad and I was like, <laughs> uh, and I was like, huh, what are they using for this? And it actually like, you know, last five times longer in bed and they prescribe you an SSRI to do it. So oh, that's, that's you won't awesome. have any feeling. You won't feel it. You won't feel anything, but <laughs> but you'll last. You'll last yeah, a you'll lot last. longer. So yeah. sorry. So yeah. they can. But your question. Yeah. Yeah. So, so your question. Can, uh, yeah. They can. So, can they coexist, or or is that it depends? Which is entirely okay with me. Like yes, I say it all the, the time. <laughs> so the answer is it has to depend, right? Because every situation is going to be a little bit different. What I can say is that they're working on completely different neurotransmitter systems. Mm-hmm. So if you have. Uh, a GABAergic compound that you're working with, um, it's not going to affect the serotonin system very much, okay. nor is it going to affect, excuse me, the norepinephrine system very much. You know, some of these newer antidepressants have um, both components of norepinephrine reuptake uh, inhibition, as well as serotonin, sometimes dopamine as well. So, but the good thing about what we're talking about here is GABA is not really affected by any of the antidepressants that I'm aware of on the market right now. Okay. So, 
the major thing you have to think about when you're taking something that's GABAergic, as we call something that increases GABA, GABAergic, is that what else are you doing that's also GABAergic in the sense that you're taking any other compounds or drinking mm. alcohol with them? Like that's why you never want to combine you know, alcohol with Xanax. Like that's like right. a bad idea, right? Because that's going to increase potential respiratory depression and that could kill you, right? So that's something that I tell alcoholics all the time that we're giving them, we give them out of them, we give them benzodiazepines to get off of alcohol uh, because it helps with the withdrawal process. And you slowly wean the, the, uh, the, uh, the benzodiazepines over multiple days. But I tell them, if you go back to drinking with this, you may kill yourself because the combination could do that. So, yeah, I mean, that's something that, you know, you have to tell people that are doing these things. So, so you have to be aware of that. But the, the nice thing about it is that we have all these compounds that work in the GABA system that are very safe, that have been used for, for centuries that can be uh, very much helpful for things like your mood and like sleep and also helping with perseverating thoughts and mm-hmm. um, all these kind of GABA deficiency kinds of things that we were talking about before. All right. So let's, let's, so I feel like we're circling and circling now. So let's talk about what are those compounds that can, yeah. so, so basically what you're saying, if we provide the precursors and the cofactors to the brain, then we're going to enable the GABA system to work better because just Absolutely. physically providing GABA it hopefully doesn't work for you, but if it does, it's actually good and in, good information. Right, but good information. let's just say for, for, for people in general, just taking GABA doesn't work. You can't get it there. So what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to give the system everything it needs and let it do its thing and not be pounding glutamine at the same time. Yes. <laughs> the first step always, and this is, and we've talked about this before on, on previous podcasts, but the way our company transcriptions was developed was because we had a nonprofit. We have a nonprofit mm-hmm. organization called Health Optimization Medicine and Practice. This is a nonprofit, as I mentioned, that's training doctors and practitioners like Nat and I and others um, that are lo- looking to optimize health rather than treat disease, looking at foundational mm-hmm. biomarkers of cellular metabolism, something called metabolomics, which is looking at real-time measures of how your cells, how your gut, how your brain is working in real time. And so when we developed this company, uh, this education company, we have a seven-module certification for doctors and practitioners, and we have some advanced practice modules as well, and things like cannabis and peptides, Nat's favorite, um, more advanced than Nat's basic course, which everybody should take, by the way. Um, and Definitely so, more advanced um, than my course. <laughs> what's that? Definitely more advanced than my course. Because yeah, well, it's and like you need the basic. Yes, that's why it's called a crash. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so the nonprofit was developed as a foundational approach to health, optimizing people over the long term, knowing that optimizing health takes a while for people. It's not something that happens Mm. overnight. Mm. And so, but building up cofactors, building up all the various aspects of supporting your GABA system is part of that process. And, but that can take time. And so as we were developing this company, uh, health optimization medicine practice, we knew that we needed to develop another one that could help right now with the various types of things that people need right now as they're optimizing their health and doing the long, the long game and really looking at that long-term health span and longevity at the same time, we hope, right? So as Nat and maybe some of the listeners know, we have multiple products in this world of helping right now. But the one that we came up with in the GABA system um, was related to everything we've been talking about before. And we looked at various types of supplements that have been really helpful uh, for the GABA system for many, many years. And we actually have a product now that you know about, Trocom, mm-hmm. uh, which is 
uh, a combination of multiple different things, including something called nicotinyl GABA. Nicotinyl GABA is a vitamin B3 attached mm-hmm. to a GABA molecule. This mm-hmm. allows GABA to get through the blood-brain barrier. That's why we have that particular compound. We know GABA doesn't get through. We know nicotinyl GABA, a vitamin B3 attached to GABA does. And How? Then Didn't you say there. GABA was too big? But when it's attached to a B3, yeah. it then becomes permeable as a result of having the B3 attached. Huh. So yeah. the B3 makes the blood-brain barrier more yeah, permeable, B- not yes. leaky. Not leaky. Yeah. Okay. Yes, exactly. Because there's a, there's a receptors for B3. So B3 goes through. So B3 leads the way kind of thing. Right. (laughs) And so, and so when B3 and nicotinyl GABA attached, get through the blood brain barrier, then it gets hydrolyzed inside the brain, which means it just gets uh, disattached or it gets uh, two separate molecules again. And so then B3 helps with mild B3, obviously is vitamin B3. It's, it helps with uh, NAD production, helps with vasodilation. So Mm -hmm. Trocom, it gives you that piece. And then it also gives you the, the GABA piece because it, then it becomes GABA itself in the brain. The nice. cool thing about nicotinyl GABA is that it gives you the B3, which is a little bit of activating. At the same time, it gives you the GABA, which is a little bit of in- inhibition. And, yeah. so, and so you get this sort of balance. So the cool thing about this particular compound is it makes you feel calm, but it doesn't make you feel tired. Tired. Yeah, no, and, I've used it. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's what's interesting about it. And then in addition to nicotinyl GABA, the next thing we have in there is kava. And mm-hmm. everybody knows kava these days, but kava is what's called a positive allosteric modulator of the GABA receptor. And so shocking, it's going mm-hmm. to modulate the GABA system. But interestingly enough, GABA is not the only thing that kava works on. Kava, Kava also works on the dopaminergic system, so the dopamine system, and it also works on the norepinephrine system as well, increasing those a little bit at the same time as it's increasing GABA. That's why with Kava, you don't typically get terribly tired mm-hmm. as well. You get, especially the type of dose you get, like lower doses as well. Like if you're just saying low dose with Kava, you might get an activating feeling, but relaxed, like a, like a, like a drink of alcohol, for example. Yeah. Instead of that sort of, you know, very calm, you know, very um, sedated kind of feel. Mm-hmm. And then in trocom, we also have CBD and CBG. And so cannabinoids, interestingly, have multiple different places they work on the brain. They work on something called the endocannabinoid system, which is our body's internal homeostatic system. It's our internal balancing system. This is a word that I got from a, a colleague of mine, Ari Witten. Ari, you probably know. Yeah. He said, what the endocannabinoid system really is, is is a homeostatic system. And he's right. I think that's Mm -hmm. a a great way to describe it. And and so CBD specifically works on the GABA receptor as as well. And it helps calm down firing because it increases GABA as another one of these positive allosteric modulators. And this is why GABA is used for seizures, actually. Mm. Um, High dose sorry, CBD is used for seizures. Um, CBD at high doses actually modulates the GABA system and can prevent seizures. And so there's a drug called Epidiolex that is available for people that have seizures. And it's this really just high strength CBD to do it. So CBD also has effects on the endocannabinoid system and others, but everything we have in Trocom is specifically affecting the GABA system. Um, in either direct or indirect ways. As a direct being what's called an orthosteric ligand, meaning that nicotinyl GABA is actually GABA itself attaching to the GABA receptor. Um, Or it's these other molecules, the CAVA, the CBD and CBG that are affecting other sites on the GABA receptor, allosteric sites, and modulating the GABA system itself. So 
this is why Shrocom is so great because it's not one of those things. It's not one of those compounds or products that makes you feel tired per se. No. It just, it makes you feel less anxious, yeah. less stressed and quiets your mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was developed that way, but some of us need more than that. Some of mm-hmm. us need not only to feel less anxious and less stressed, but also to help us sleep. And right. so we developed another product um, called TroZ. Which is not Z's available yet. <laughs> but it might be by the time this podcast comes out or That's close right. to it. That's right. Um, um, we're looking at an October release, ladies and gentlemen, sometime at that point, if all goes well. And but it'll be out soon regardless. And TroZ, um, so T-R-O and Z, capital Z, then little lowercase Z, lowercase Z, like sleep, like. was developed for people that have a hard time going to sleep. And the idea with TroZ was to leverage the GABA system uh, mm-hmm. with a couple different molecules, which we'll talk about here, um, and have you uh, the ability to have you both fall asleep, stay asleep, and then get get and then wake up feeling rested, as long as you get between seven hours of sleep or more. The idea with this particular compound that we've developed, Trozy, is that it requires you to get a certain amount of sleep. Oh, because, that's interesting. Yes. So there's no cheating on the hours with this one. Right, because it's um, because one of the molecules in there that affects the GABA system uh, very very significantly is called musamol, and musamol is a what's called a orthosteric ligand of the GABA receptor, which just means that I know these are fancy. You guys words, are going to be so smart after this podcast. Yeah. You're going to know but the idea. <laughs> I want to get the terms out there because this yeah. is all new for people, and then we're going to be talking about this a lot. And yeah. I think it's going to be, and you're going to be hearing so much more about GABA. We're going to be. We're only like the first company of, as we are, we're always like the first movers with this stuff. And yeah, so yeah. what's going to happen over the next three years is you can hear all this stuff again. Okay, so, so Mossimol. We're talking about yeah. Mossimol as Mossimol. a orthosteric ligand. Yes. And so what that does, so Mossimol is a very fun, interesting ingredient that comes from a very colorful mushroom. Um, this mushroom may be the mushroom of Santa Claus lore. It <laughs> was commonly ingested by shaman in Northern Europe many, many thousands of years ago um, because it has psychedelic properties. Um, It is called the Amanita muscaria mushroom. Mm -hmm. Um, Amanita muscaria mushroom has two different components, major components to them. It has multiple other ones, but they have one's called ibotenic acid and the other one is called musamol. So we've created um, a particular... um, Musamol itself can become from the mushroom or it can be synthetically made and we've made it in a lab. Um, okay. But what's, And so ipotenic acid in Amanita is what's responsible for the hallucinogenic piece of it. Mm-hmm. And it's also responsible for the toxicity piece of it as well. Okay. Um, because it, it, it was, it's actually kind of crazy. So what actually used to happen is that the shaman in Northern Europe and Scandinavia would drink the urine of a reindeer. Okay. Oh, really? That the, the reindeer would eat this mushroom they would detoxify it enough that the shaman would then drink the, the urine of the who reindeer. Who comes up with it? Who thinks of these How things? How could you even figure this out, right? No. But they, I, think, yes. I think what they saw is that these reindeers were tripping balls and the, then the <laughs> shaman... <laughs> I want what he's had. Yeah, exactly. But still, Maybe wouldn't we you want some. to eat the mushroom? Yeah. So, so you, they, they couldn't eat the mushroom because it would make them vomit and make them sick. And right. so then they would drink the, the reindeer urine. And then what would happen in these ceremonies is that the shaman would then 
take the reindeer urine and then people would drink the shaman's urine. Oh, for God's sake, come <laughs> on. That is just brutal. No, I'm not making any <laughs> You literally can't crazy. make this up. I mean, you could, you but really. You can make it up, but you can't, but it's like, but the Amanita muscaria mushroom has been in folklore, in, in children's fairy tales and everything for, for, you know, for thousands of years known to have these psychedelic properties, right? And so, but what's interesting about Musamol at very, very low doses that we're using, it's working on the GABA system. It's relaxing the GABA system and it's causing increase in GABA in the brain. And so it does this directly. It, it goes directly through the blood, blood brain barrier. Even if it's not leaky, it goes directly through mm -hmm. and it increases GABA in the system. And it lasts, the half-life though is long. It lasts for about seven to eight hours. So oh, that's why you need to invest. If you're taking muscle mall, if you're taking it, you need to do it at lower, at very low doses. At high doses, it can also cause some visual disturbances, but at very, very low doses that we're taking um, and that we're using in our products, we're talking about less than a milligram in our in our products here. Um, it's very, very safe. Um, it's very well tolerated. And what it does, it just calms down the whole GABA system. And so we have we have something called Musamol in there, which is affecting the GABA system. We have CBN and CBD, which you know already, both affecting the cannabinoid system. We have 5-HTP, yeah. which is affecting the serotonin system because serotonin is very important for sleep as well. We have a little bit of melatonin. I know mm -hmm. people get worried about melatonin, but a little bit of melatonin is actually really nice. It yeah. helps with sleep induction. Yeah. Um, and it's really great for people who travel, but melatonin production goes down dramatically after about the age of 40 years old or so. Mm -hmm. And so- most of us have, when we start having declining in melatonin, this is the people that start waking up in the middle of the night, mm -hmm. like their, their two or three o'clock wake ups because their melatonin supply goes down. And as a result of that, they, they wake up and their mind starts racing. So the nice thing about having this on board, um, along with the other ingredients in, in the, in the, in the sleep product is that even if you do wake up, it's usually very easy for you to go back to bed. That's a big issue for a lot of people that wake up at two o'clock in the morning. They have a hard time with getting back to bed because their mind starts racing. But if you have, you have some GABAergic things in there, you have the muscle mall, you have the CBD and, CB, and CBN, you have the little bit of melatonin helping you support your system. It really does work. I mean, you know, we've been testing this now for a while and it really mm -hmm. does work superbly. Hey guys, just a quick interruption to talk to you about a brand new product that I have discovered over the last month or so that I think is amazing. It's called Oral Tide Pro. And we're talking about peptides for your teeth, your gums, and your oral health. Imagine that. This is a mouthwash that contains two peptides, one called DRP, which is Dental Remineralization Peptide Amorphous Calcium Phosphate, and AGDP, Anti-Gingival Degenerate Peptide. Great names. Um, here's what's cool about these peptides. They can help to promote the growth of shrinking gums. They can speed the healing of the mouth and the tongue. They can help to prevent oral infections. They help with enamel remineralization of your teeth. They reduce bacterial growth and etching, and they fill slots in damage, damaged enamel. Like this is a pretty amazing list of benefits. And we all know, or probably you've heard, that so many health issues start in the mouth. This is an incredible product. And I've got to tell you, I've been using it for the last month and I've already noticed that my teeth are way less sensitive than they used to be and they're whiter. So if you want to get your hands on some Oral Tide Pro and really upgrade your dental health and your oral health in general, all you have to do is go to profound-health.com and you can save 15% off your first order with discount code Longevity15. 
And yes, that is the same place where we get our oral bioregulators. But I just thought I would talk to you about something a little different. Now let's get back to the episode. What we think is sort of the the holy grail now is affecting the GABA system in a way that's supportive, um, but in a way that's not going to overclock it, but just yeah. given enough, you know, so that you have a little bit of support, but you're not, you're taking like, you know, the crazy drugs that cause all the addiction and tolerance and withdrawal and things like that. Yeah. So, um, so there's one additional uh, ingredient in there that yes. I haven't mentioned. It's called another one that nobody knows about, but it's gotten pretty famous in the last year because there was a show on HBO that was around this mushroom called the cordyceps mushroom uh, oh called God. the last of us yeah yes 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 on hbo I, I i resisted that show for so long and then i got drawn in and and as i'm watching it i didn't even know what it was about and i'm like that's cordyceps mushroom that's what cordyceps does i'm saying this to my husband and he's looking at me going what are you talking about i'm like it's a mushroom it does it to the insect it does it to ants now it's just doing it to people anyway. <laughs> and making them zombies and yeah yeah, yeah. so anyway. it's, yeah and it's called like the zombie ant that's why they, yeah. because the this mushroom can take over the nervous system of the ant or other small very small animals and then create like a factory to make more of cordyceps basically mm -hmm. and so but cordyceps has a very interesting ingredient in it called cordycepin and cordycepin is a fantastic immunomodulator. It actually, it's an anti-diabetic, it's a hypoglycemic, it's being used in cancer studies. Um, it also affects slow wave sleep. And so we've used this particular compound in our Tro-Z because it increases slow wave sleep as well. So, but there's a lot of really interesting things that are gonna be going on with this particular mushroom going forward or this compound inside the mushroom that we're using in some new products that are beginning, coming out probably in early 2024 as well. So more to be so said other there. Things, but, other yes. things with cordyceps. Yes. Okay. Yeah, but in the end, what we're looking at here is like a full sort of Mercedes stack of- With of, no reindeer pee involved. I know, no, no, unless you want that, maybe we can get some for Christmas. I don't know. Um, no. <laughs> but the whole, the whole Christmas myth mythology is thought to be potentially related to this mushroom. Um, you, people can actually Google this or search engine. So the flying reindeer, is. like the whole thing. Oh, that totally the flying reindeer, sense. Santa Claus in, in a red vest. This is actually the mushroom himself, the mushroom itself, like oh. a person turning into a mushroom that looks like the mushroom, you know? So like, right. it's a whole thing. You can look, the New York times has done a couple cool, uh, video graphics on this over the years, right? So, um, you know, it's really interesting. You know, Dr. Ted, our our founder and chief mm -hmm. formulator, he's a mad scientist and he's the one that found this here. Um, but we're using the muscle mall as, a, as we said, not as a psychedelic, you know, no. but as a way to to modulate the GABA system in a very holistic foundational way, along with, you know, this doesn't take the place of optimizing your cellular foundation and and doing this, but in the end, I think what all we need to be thinking about is like how we are truly um, addressing our GABA system, you know, and, mm -hmm. and then there's a couple other supplements that are not in our product that people can think about. Like valerian root is another one. Valerian yeah. um, is great for sleep induction because it affects the GABA system. It's another positive allosteric modulator, basically another site on the GABA molecule, if everybody remembers now. So, mm -hmm. and that it increases GABA that way. So valerian, uh, passion flower is another one, Siberian mm -hmm. ginseng. There's, there's a couple other ones that are, that are really great at modulating the GABA system. Yeah. There are some Classic actually that sleep remedies really. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, there are some that antagonize it, that, that block it. So these are things you want to be careful of as well. So, um, one of the most common ones is actually uh, is actually harmaline, which is in the ayahuasca plant, and oh. so and so just that's actually um, inhibiting 
inhib the inhibitor. So making the GABA system more, less active. Um, right. So there's a couple of different things. There's a couple of drugs that can affect the GABA system and, and also in, um, so THC actually is interesting. So THC can actually have this initial effect where it causes more anxiety in people mm -hmm. um, and it causes more stress. And that actually is because of the GABA system as well. Interestingly enough, it's um, disinhibiting the GABA system in a way that's causing anxiety um, in a very special way because of where it's actually affecting the brain. Right. So it's a, so it's a little bit strange like that. So you have to be a little bit careful on on where on on THC specifically. But there's well, sort of certain when drugs. It's isolated, right? Because if yeah. you have THC and CBD, like the if you have, you know, and this I guess is where people start talking about full spectrum products because now you've got all the other cannabinoids to balance out the THC. And my guess right. is what you're talking about is where people get into trouble is these these products where they're jacking up the THC out of whack with everything else. And so you end up with a disproportionate effect. That exactly. Yeah. That's why like having a ratio there with some CBD in it tends to be better for most people than just having a hundred milligrams of THC and some crazy cookie that yeah. somebody will eat tomorrow or today or now or something. And see um, Santa Clauses. Well, I mean, it's yeah, not no. a Santa Claus thing, but still you might see all kinds yeah. of things. <laughs> yeah, no. THC is not for me, man. But no. I have the gene that gives me a higher risk of THC-induced schizophrenia. That's maybe why I never... Never oh. really liked that one. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's an interesting gene. You know, I almost think like that. We've known about that gene for a really long time, and it yep. and and we know that schizophrenia can kick in in early twenties mm -hmm. for young men disproportionately. And you have to wonder if people were informed and knew. And I don't know if it's always related to this genetic variant, but if it is related to this genetic variant and it puts someone at higher risk, wouldn't you as, wouldn't you as a parent want to be informed and be able to educate your child to say, look, there's other things you can do, but this one in particular, because I know a couple of people who had brilliant, accomplished, amazing young men, children who went, who became schizophrenic and the stories are tragic. Yeah. It's truly tragic. You're right. It's a good question. I mean, I, I, I think it's, I don't know what the, uh, what's it called? If sort of like the genotype phenotype thing is, I don't know mm -hmm. what the the penetrance of that gene is and how that truly looks from a population perspective, but, but you're right. I mean, it's I mean, THC is like, yeah, 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 I know. Yeah. I mean, there are certain things. I mean, we know that young men, especially like you said, are have a higher risk and these are why, you know, things like psychedelics as well. You have to be super careful with family history and, and understanding some of these potentials. Um, and doing them in the right setting and and things and um, you know make sure you get your reindeer urine from the right reindeer. I don't know. I mean, as well, I'm just kidding. <laughs> to make it lighter, but um, but yeah, you're you're right, Nat. I think it's a really good point you make there. Mm -hmm. Anyway, okay. But the good news is we have people like you guys formulating these things from and balancing them out. And I think you know I think what's what gets repeated over and over again with transcriptions stuff. Not to sing your praises, but I'm going to anyway is that it's the synergies of, and I keep saying this to people, right? It's a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little right. bit of that. It's one plus one plus one plus one equals 12, not right. four, right? And it's the it's the synergy between in this built into the stack that somehow just creates a much greater, more balanced effect than you would expect from any one of these things in isolation. At such low doses compared to yeah. what you would think, and we've we've talked about this with blue canatine in the past, which I know you love. It's we have such little 
amount of things in there. I mean, we have people that it's one milligram of nicotine in a full trochee, but in a quarter, that's, you know, it's a quarter milligram of, of nicotine. And like, that will make me feel great for hours. I don't drink much mm-hmm. caffeine. A quarter blue carotene is fantastic for me. So, and then I'm just amazed that like I have one quarter, so in a full blue carotene, you have 50 milligrams of caffeine, which is a quarter cup of coffee on its own, one milligram of nicotine, uh, five milligrams of CBD and five milligrams of methylene blue. So if you're taking a quarter of that, like that's such a small amount of ingredient. Like there's no way, there's no studies that would say that any of that stuff's going to work on you. And none. Yeah. And, but it does. And for a lot of people, we're a half of a trochee. Sometimes you need a I full like a half. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm usually a quarter, sometimes a half. And then I accidentally have a full every once in a while. <laughs> so, you know me, I used to do a full, right? Because yes, I, know. I, I missed the, the, I missed the, the memo. <laughs> yeah. Cutting them off. yeah, you did. You did. I remember. <laughs> yeah. So for our trozy, for our sleep trochee, the, actually the, the, uh, the instructions are a little bit different for this one. Hmm. And, and because, so what we typically have is their trochees, ladies and gentlemen, for, for people who haven't heard me talk about them before, it's a buckle trochee, which means it goes between your upper cheek and gum and dissolves over about 15 to 30 minutes. And then the reason we have buckle trochees is that the nice thing about the mucosa up here is it's highly vascular and then it directly infuses the ingredients up here. So it doesn't have to go through the body and, and the liver. And that's called first pass metabolism digestion. Mm-hmm. when you digest your supplements, they get inactivated to some degree. It could be 5%, 10%, but usually it's more like 80 or 90%. Mm-hmm. And so with the nice thing about a buccal trochee is that it allows a lot of those ingredients to get directly in there b- before going through first pass metabolism. And so TROZ was developed a little bit differently, actually. So what TROZ does is it's the same thing. You start off in the buccal cavity up here, um, but there's one ingredient in there that actually I forgot to mention that I'll, I'll mention now. Um, this is new to me still. I'm still working on it. Um, it's called Hanakyle, which is another one that's oh, yeah. used very commonly for, for sleep. And it also works as a positive allosteric modulator of the GABA receptor, meaning that it helps the GABA receptor open more. Um, and what Hanakyle does is gives you a little bit of a spicy flavor. So yeah. um, so we, what we want people to do is have it dissolve in their mouth as a buccal trochee until it gets spicy. And then you swallow the rest of it. Hmm. And, and so we talk about it as spicing up your sleep. That's what we're nice. going to say. So, <laughs> so Hanakyle has been around a long time. It comes from something called Magnolia Bark for people yeah. that have heard of Magnolia Bark. And Hanakyle also works on the same GABA system as the, as other positive allosteric modulators do like, uh, like Kava and like Valerian root and, and, uh, and the cannabinoids as we were talking about before too. So, um, so you take it about, it takes about 10 or 15 minutes up here. Once you get a little bit spicy, just drink it with water and then just make sure the bed's pretty close by because you're going to feel sleepy pretty quickly. So you're not going to want to be operating any heavy machinery. You're not going to want to be right. driving. You're not going to want to be um, having a, uh, a discussion with anybody that requires a lot of brain power. You're going to be shutting down. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to, it's a little trocom. You can take that and do a podcast because you're going to still yeah. be activated. You're still going to be focused, but a little bit of trozy is not going to be that way. So um, we, we're going to have people start off with a half of a trochee here for trozy. Um, and then depending on how they go up to a full, but okay. that's going to be the dosing. Some people might need a quarter, but on our clinical testing so far with my, with our patients and my, on my, with my practice, it's about a half depending on the induction piece. If you have a hard time with induction, like meaning you have a hard time falling asleep, yeah. um, then maybe a full turkey is going to be better. But if you don't have as much of a time with induction, then a half may be all that you need. But right. make sure you have a window to sleep for at least 
seven hours, six to seven hours. I mean, six would probably be your minimum and seven be more ideal. Eight would be optimal uh, when you're going to go and get it. But the idea is to not, you know, not scrimp on sleep is just to, you know, optimize your sleep as, yeah. you know, for your evening. So yeah. And we get better quality sleep and not, yes. not do all the crazy things that people do just to get a night of sleep. Right. So I know. Yeah. Yeah. And Dr. Ted has a good saying. The- yeah. 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 I was just going to say that Dr. Ted has a really good saying here that I've always liked that I like to repeat on, on podcasts about sleep is that, you know, he likes to say to his patients and clients that your day starts when you go to bed, not when you wake up. And I think that's, it's helpful for people to get that perspective. And for me, I have to remind myself too. Um, Mm -hmm. um, Nobody's immune to this with lots of, uh, lots of things going on in their brains and time and being pulled in different directions with kitchens and bathrooms to remodel and podcast to run like (laughs) Nat does over here. Yeah. yeah. I just have no. four kids to figure out, but there's that. Which is plenty. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. No, no, it is. It, it's you, uh, you and your wife, you're outnumbered two to one. Like that's I'm reminded on this, uh, <laughs> of this on a daily basis, uh, please. <laughs> um, but yeah, your day starts when you go to bed, everybody. It yeah. doesn't, it doesn't start when you wake up. And if you think about it that way, then you start prioritizing sleep. I mean, you and I not have great friends um, that are, you know, like Molly, Molly Eastman that have yeah. a great podcast that are all about sleep as well. And she and I will be talking about this sometime soon too. But um, but think about it that way. I mean, you don't want to just take a supplement like this without doing all the basic things. Mm-hmm. Uh, please, the sleep hygiene. Um, yes. Yeah. But yeah. if you're in if you're in a bind, you're in a hotel, and you, you know, like, or if you're flying and traveling, or if you know, you're trying to get things in order but you're still having a hard time sleeping, um, if there's a lot of different reasons and ways you know you can use this particular compound. But I think like bigger picture for people today, I think. Trozy is going to be great. And I'm really excited about it. Um, I'm always excited about Trocom and, and what it's been able to do. But I think big picture for people is that the GABA system is something to be acknowledged. Mm-hmm. And not only is something that's kind of like sweeping under the rug, but it's like, maybe it's something we should be thinking about more primarily, or at least as much as your serotonergic system and your dopaminergic system and your norepinephrine, like, you know, you can do another cold tub, but maybe you should think about GABA and, and chilling the fuck out too. Right. So yeah. like, yeah. I think that's my big message for people today is that look into this, you know, think about it, see what's out there uh, about the GABA system and, and see what's really going on in the world of, of how we can think about things from a putting on the brake side of things, mm-hmm. as opposed to just fasting ourselves from dopamine, for example, or, or increasing our serotonin levels. And these are things that are important, but I think if you're looking at them in a silo without looking at this, this interneuron capacity, which is like the GABA system is bringing it all together for you. Mm-hmm. It's bringing it all together. It's it's modulating the whole system. Yeah, yeah. No, it's the forgot. It's a critical piece of the equation. You know, it's it's. Um, I I myself wasn't nearly as informed an hour ago as I am now, and uh, and it is it's it is shocking a little bit how long how long it's taken for people to kind of go. Well, wait a minute. What about that system? I mean, people talk about GABA yeah. all the time, but but really bringing attention to it. And, and, you know, this idea of your day starts when you go to bed, hopefully, I mean, I had this conversation with a new client yesterday who, mm-hmm. you know, and people beat themselves. They're like, yeah, I know, but you know, I, I don't get to bed till 12 or one o'clock in the morning. And then I'm like, and then he's like, okay, I'm going to go to bed at 10 o'clock. I'm like, you know, let's, let's, let's shoot for 11 right now. and <laughs> see if we can make 11 work before we. Something doable. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just uh, let's set ourselves goals. up for success. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you're like my wife, it's either it's either one way or the other way. There's no middle ground. But there's some. But for most people, it's like it's good to have these like incremental goals, right? So 
Yeah, yes. no kidding. Oh, yeah. I just think it's hard for someone who, you know, is up till 12 or one o'clock in the morning to all of a sudden dial it back to 10. The The problem with that is the odds of them lying there with their eyes wide open is really high. And then you've got a whole different set of problems, right? Yes, the anxiety that kicks in and the perseverating yeah. thoughts. And this is and when you're doing these kinds of shifts, that's when it's really nice to have these kinds of things on board yeah. because that's how you can help shift yourself and optimize and change your sleep habits and things. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'd be remiss also not to talk about the, the ways that you don't actually have to take any supplements to increase your GABA system as well, right? So no, how can that. you enhance the GABA system without you know supplements or compounds and things like that? There's a few very, very easy ways, actually. One of them is meditation. You know that We know that uh, the more time that you stay in parasympathetic mode, uh, the more that your GABA system is going to be activated compared to your glutamate system, which is your excitatory neurotransmitter system. So you're going to improve that balance and tip it into the GABA direction if you're meditating. And so they've talked about yoga. Uh, They've done studies with yoga and breath work specifically and looking at how yoga and breath work and meditation can enhance the GABA system. Exercise also increases GABA, and it does this actually by various mechanisms in the brain by just basically resetting the system, um, resetting the GABA and glutamate balance. Um, because you're using a lot of glutamate when you're exercising, and oh. so it so it balances the system there because you're converting more to GABA as a result of that. So right. um, you get more GABA as well from that. And so um, those are the two major ways that um, you can increase GABA. Obviously, there's GABA-containing foods that we talked about, but you want to be careful with those if you don't have the capacity to um, to convert. But you can, you know, diagnostics or diagnostics, right? So you can kind of do bit of a diagnostic and, and see. Well, and, um, and, and consume the cofactors, right? Like yes. have the B6, supplement with the B6 and the magnesium. What about um, DHHB? So dihydrohanokyl yeah. beta? Yeah. yeah. So DHHB is a, the active form of honokyl. So okay. uh, DHHB is a fantastic additional GABAergic positive allosteric modulator as well. So um, yes, that's that's the active version of, of honokyl. Okay. Yeah. Cause that's kind of like in the, in some of the readings I've done, you know, try magnesium and B6. And if that doesn't work, maybe try DHHB, see if that's helpful at all. Yeah. Um, it can absolutely be helpful. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Do you think, do you think also, what about people? And I know that this is a very, I know because I've gone down this wormhole and there's no really good answers. Um, people with restless leg syndrome mm. um, and there's some thought that maybe there's a glutamate issue and a GABA issue. I mean, I think it's very complex. There's no real answers on that one. Right. Seen it be pretty devastating to people. Like, do you think that there's a possibility that this stack might be helpful? I do think so. I mean, we've gotten some reports on TROCOM before, actually, Uh, but this is a much more significant GABAergic overlay on the system that yeah. we're doing with this with with TROZ in the sense that we have multiple different things we're doing we have we have the muscle mole and we in there we have the hanakyl we have the cannabinoids and so again all very low dose but i think that as a result of that it may work so we'll have to see i haven't tested it in people with okay. restless leg yet but um but i think there may be a possibility there i think a lot of it also depends on the etiology here. Sometimes it's completely mm-hmm. what we call idiopathic, which means that there's no reason. Oftentimes though, it's associated with vitamin, mineral, and yeah. other sort of energy metabolism things, gut gut health, neuropathy, things that can be addressed from that foundational side. Um, so that's what you know. Home Hope is all about. I know that's what your practice is all about too, to, to think about those things, but it can still be a really tough nut to crack for some people. But yeah, it's, I'm really excited uh, to kind of see 
where yeah, we go with of. this and what mm-hmm. kind of reports we get. I mean, we're we're not a drug company, so we're not making any claims about any of this stuff. Um, but we get reports of things all the time, of course, that people tell us what what's what's helping and what's not helping. And we keep a list of all these things that we can't keep public or ever say public. Mm-hmm. But um, but rest of the leg is, is on, on the list of things that you know has been reported on the Trocom side. And I'm sure we'll we'll be looking at that in clinical practice. I I know I will as as well, because I, I definitely have a certain people that I'm looking to try various types of uh, things when we make these products. And one of them, of course, is, is Trozy coming up here. So yeah. Exciting. Exciting. I should also mention there's one piece of tech that's also been shown to help increase GABA. And this might not be surprising, uh, transmagnetic stimulation, so TMS. Right. Transcranial? Transcranial, transcranial magnetic, yeah, TCMS, yeah. The transcranial magnetic stimulation. Yeah. This is a, a device that's approved for depression. Um, and it's a, a device that's kind of like a, like an, it's kind of like a magnet that goes mm-hmm. on your brain and then kind of magnetizes part of your brain. And this increases GABA as well, interestingly enough. Yeah. A little less practical for the. Not as, yeah, not as easy to the, find. Yeah, you can go home. to a facility and it's. Yeah, you it's, need yeah. to find a practitioner for that. It's a so, thing. All right. Well, this has been super educational, Dr. Scott. Is there anything else we need to talk about or should we just tell people where to find you and where to find all this stuff? Let's talk and let's let people know also where to learn more about Home Hope because that's such an incredible organization. You're doing such great work. And I actually get asked a lot about certification courses from people who are wanting to get into the land of helping people with their health optimization. Yeah. Thanks, Nat. I mean, this is, it's always a pleasure speaking to you. I know we always have some great conversations, both in person, on <laughs> podcast, in various locations around the world. So it's it's always good to hang. And um, health optimization medicine and practice is training doctors and practitioners around the world. And it's a seven-module certification course with some advanced practice modules, as I was describing earlier. You can check it out at homehope.org. Uh, we are actually having a conference in October. It actually made this may actually come out afterwards, but we're going to be, uh, uh, but we're going to having conferences. We're going to be having more ways of interacting with the group. We're having cohorts that are going to be going through our modules to help as well. If you're a practitioner, you're interested in finding a foundational way to approach health. Um, we're not disease focused. We're root cause health focused, root, not root cause illness focused. It's a little bit different, but the idea is, Nothing's a zero-sum game, but I, the way I say it is like more of a foundational approach, setting disease and conditions aside, just focusing on the basic health of the cells, the, the gut, the neurotransmitters, hormones, and then you build up from there. So nothing, uh, it doesn't take the place of functional medicine, doesn't take the place of conventional medicine for sure. It's just more of a foundational approach that yeah, we it's use. It's a framework so, of thinking, right? It's yeah, like a, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's go to homehope.org and you can check out more information. And then our company is called Troscriptions, the letters T-R-O, and then scriptions, like the word prescriptions. So tro key and prescriptions mashed up into Troscriptions. Nice. And so you can find us at troscriptions.com. Uh, there's four docs on the team, including me. Everything's precision dosed. Everything's pharmaceutical grade. Everything is physician formulated and tested by us. And we also have practitioners that are using our products all over the world now. And we have practitioners that are having them in their office. That, that if, So if you're interested as a practitioner and you want to sell our products in office, we'd love to have you. Uh, we are doing now, uh, very soon, we're going to be releasing our professional line of products as well, which is very exciting. Uh, and that's yes. our first product there is going to be um, a higher strength methylene blue product uh, called Tro Plus Blue. And yeah. that's going to be 50 milligrams of methylene blue. So we're very excited about that. And so if if you have interest, you can go to transcriptions.com and you can go click the practitioner's link. Um, that's where you can find information, 
Um, if you sign up to be a practitioner, we have all the inf- we have webinars, we have interviews. Actually, Nat and I have an interview there talking about methylene blue for urinary tract infections, which was pretty cool. Thank you for doing that, Nat. And so um, we have additional interviews with other practitioners all over the world doing doing amazing things with our products. So. Um, and then of course you can buy them directly at transcriptions.com. You can find information, um, on our Instagram page. We have tons of blogs. We have blogs on about all of our ingredients. So we're going to have blogs on muscle and cordyceps and 5-HTP, melatonin, everything that we talked about here, you can find out in more detail on our website. And, uh, yeah, we'd love to hear if you guys have any questions. It's just so great to be able to bring this to you, Nat, and to your audience. And I, I do appreciate you and, your hard work and tenacity. And even though you're from Canada, I still like you a lot. <laughs> well, even though you're American, I still like you a lot. So thank good, you. Good. The feeling is yeah. all the feelings are mutual. So thank you yeah, so I mean, much. Your, your parents do live in Boca Raton. So come on. I mean, there's they that. do. And my yes. brother. So, you know, yes. lion's share of my family are American at this point. So indeed, I, indeed. I get yeah. brownie points for that. So, and I've got great American friends. So all that works. Thank you so much for your time and for sharing all this today, Scott. I think we're all a little bit smarter and hopefully we'll all be a little bit calmer and better rested once uh, all this stuff comes out. So thank you so much and uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you, Nat. Hey guys, before we wrap up today's episode, I want to thank everyone who has left a five-star rating and a review for the podcast. If you haven't yet left a rating and review and you love this episode, I would so appreciate it if you did. Each and every one truly helps the overall growth and success of the podcast, which allows me to continue to bring you more episodes and it will help more people to optimize their health and longevity. All you have to do if you're on Apple or on Spotify is open up Apple Podcasts or Spotify and take two seconds to click your rating and leave even just a one word review. Thank you so much for your continued support and for tuning into today's episode. If you have any questions about the episode or any questions you would like me to answer on the podcast, always feel free to reach out on Instagram at Natalie Nidham. I wish you all the best this week in biohacking your superhuman performance. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to leave us a five-star review on iTunes because that's what helps us to be heard and to be seen. If you'd like to connect with me directly, or if you'd like to leave any comments, or if you have any questions about this episode, please reach out to me directly through my website, natnidham.com. And of course, if you're not already a member of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Community on Facebook, that's where you'll find me every day. It's a short application. Just answer a couple of questions and you're in and interfacing with other amazing biohackers. Thanks again, and we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode.